0: Bibles that we have um, here at church on page six hundred and forty one. Okay,
1: Jeremiah twenty nine, one to twenty three. This is the text. Of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jehoiachin and the Queen Mother, the court officials and the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the skilled workers and the artisans had gone into exile from Jerusalem. He entrusted the letter to Elasa, son of Shaphan and to Jamariah son of Hilkiah whom Zedekiah king of Judah sent to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. It said, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and the diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams and encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come to me and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather from you all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. You may say, The Lord has raised up prophets for us in Babylon, But this is what the Lord says about the King who sits on David's throne and all the people who remain in the city, your fellow citizens, who did not go out with you into exile. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I will send the sword, famine and plague against them and I will make them like figs that are so bad they cannot be eaten. I will pursue them with the sword, famine and plague and will make them abhorrent to all the kingdoms of the earth, accursed and an object of horror, of scorn and reproach among all the nations which I, where I drive them. For they have not listened to my words, declares the Lord, words that I sent to them again and again by my servants, the prophets. And you exiles have not listened either, declares the Lord. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord to all you exiles whom I have sent away from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says about Ahab son of Kaliah and Zedekiah son of Messiah, who are prophesying lies to you in my name. I will deliver them into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he will put them to death before your very eyes. Because of them, all the exiles from Judah are in Babylon will use this curse. May the Lord treat you like Zedekiah and Ahab whom the king of Babylon burned in the fire. For they have done outrageous things in Israel. They have committed adultery with their neighbors' wives and in my name they have uttered lies which I did not authorize. I know it and I am witness to it, declares the Lord.
0: Earlier in our service we sang, here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you are my God. When we come to the Word of God, when we come to look at the Bible, we come to the Word of God. Now I'm trying to open us up to that. My Word's not the Word of God, but I'm trying to, as I share with you, get you to hear the Word of God. And if you can sing, here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, shouldn't we be praying, Lord, help us to bow down before your Word and to obey it and submit to it. So, let's ask that God would speak to us his true word and we pray. Father, speak to us, help me to speak well, help us to hear clearly by your spirit your truth in your word, give us discerning minds and soft hearts, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Well, you've got Galatians and Ephesians and Colossians and Philippians and Corinthians, they're Paul's epistles. His letters to churches in Galatia, Ephesus, Colossae, Corinth and today I'd like like you to have your Bibles open at Babylonians. That is Jeremiah's epistle to the Babylonians, God's people in Babylon who are exiles. It's in the Old Testament, Jeremiah chapter 29 which we just read. The prophet writes to the people the word of God. Now, every letter has a time and a place, so this letter also has a time and a place. So let me explain. It's 597 BC. The Babylonians are the big guys in town. They're conquering the world. They come up to Jerusalem. There is a new king on the throne, a fellow called Jehoiachin. He rolls over and surrenders. The Babylonians walk into town. They take Jehoiachin, his mum, all the elders, all the officials everyone of importance and they march them out. Thousands of people, including what we know as the prophet Ezekiel, they march them out a thousand kilometres away to live in Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, guts the head of Jerusalem and Judah and leaves Zedekiah, one of the descendants of King David, leaves Zedekiah now as his puppet king on the throne of Israel, of Judah, in Jerusalem. So you have Jews in Judah, in Jerusalem, and you have Jews now in Babylon. All the officials, all the all the important people in Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar is on the throne. Uh, back in Jerusalem there's this fellow called Jeremiah. We know him as the weeping prophet because he's got bad news for everybody. He says, because of your sin there is more judgement to come. You think it's bad now? Because of your sin... Jerusalem and the rulers, there is more judgment to come. Now they don't like hearing this. Jeremiah is not appreciated. His ministry, they want to say, Shut up, Jeremiah. They do say, Shut up, Jeremiah. Shut your trap. Chapter 28, the chapter before this, this guy, prophet Hananiah, comes and he says, Only two more years, people. Two more years, and Jehoashin's going to come back, and Babylon's going to be smashed. Because Jerusalem's the great city, and we have the great king. Two more years. And Jeremiah says, I wish. It ain't going to be two more years. We will serve Babylon. Hananiah, you are a false prophet. You are teaching lies. You are proclaiming lies, and you will die. And he does that same year. It looks as though Hananiah's teaching it also spread to the Jews in Babylon because prophets come up in Babylon and guess what they're saying? We have the great king. We, he's in chains or oh, he's a puppet. We have the promises of God. It won't be long people. We're going home very, very soon. So, Jeremiah writes a letter to the exiles in Babylon. It's a little bit like what we've been looking at in the last four weeks. Peter's letter to the exiles in Asia Minor, God's people. Now, this letter that Peter writes to these exiles to say, watch out, just, it may not be what you're hearing, has what for some people is their favourite verse in the whole Bible. I've met people who have this as their favorite verse, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And Jeremiah's letter also have I wonder is this anybody's favorite verse? Let's have a look at verse 23. 2, verse 23. Because of these false prophets, all the exiles from Judah who are in Babylon will use this curse May the Lord treat you like Zedekiah and Ahab, whom the king of Babylon burned in the fire. Same letter. Anyone's favourite verse? Well, we're looking at this theme of exiles in our church. Exiles fit for mission. Here is a letter to exiles. There's lots that we can learn from this and there is lots that are the same between our context as exiles that we've been looking at in previous weeks. Let me just run you through some of the same, same things. In this letter. Firstly, this letter is written to exiles. These are people who are displaced, who are a long way from home, who want to go home, who don't belong, and who are suffering in their exile. But God is still with them. He has not forgotten them. He will be true to His promises, and He calls them to trust in His promises, even in their exile. Yes, it's hard now, but verse 10. Declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity, and I will gather you from the nations and places where you were banished, where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I have carried you into exile. Wonderful promises. The Lord is with them. You see, the false prophets were half right. God will be faithful to his promises. He has not abandoned them. He will save them. He will bring them back. They just have to wait on His time. And so it was after 70 years, the rise and fall of the nations, the Persians are now the king. The Jews return to Jerusalem and they rebuild the temple. It's a great miracle. God was faithful as promised after years. Another similarity is the exiles in Babylon are called to do good while they're in Babylon. In 1 Peter we had looked one of the passages from 1 Peter, we looked at chapter 2 verse 11, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners in exiles to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good life amongst the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Do good. Be a blessing. It's exactly what Jeremiah writes to the exiles in Babylon. Verse 4. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Notice who's exiling them. It's God. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives, your sons, and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Bless the city. Get on with life. Enjoy your life despite the hardship and displacement honour the authorities, in fact, pray for your enemies. Isn't that what Jesus said? Pray for your enemies that they may prosper, that they may literally, the word is, that word Simon used in his prayer, that they may pursue shalom, that they may have wholeness and prosperity and completeness in Babylon, you and them. Do good. You're going to be there 70 years. Be patient and do good. As exiles today, we have to care for the environment. We don't know when this world is going to end and Jesus returns. But care for the environment, pursue justice, pray for the government, love your neighbour. Third similarity, watch out for those who speak lies in God's name because they will bring disaster upon you as they bring disaster on their own head. Verse 20, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, all you exiles whom I have sent away from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says about Ahab, son of Kaliah, and Zedekiah, son of Messiah, who are prophesying lies to you in my name. I will deliver them into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he will put them to death before your very eyes. Do not listen to those who give you false hope. Do not pay attention. They will lead you astray. Instead, heed the word of the Lord and obey the word of the Lord. Same same for us. Finally, another similarity, Jeremiah warns that God's judgment is not yet reached, has not yet reached its fullness because of Israel's sin, because back in Jerusalem they're still being wicked. And even you exiles aren't obeying the word of the Lord and God's judgment has not yet finished. Verse 15. You may say the Lord has raised up prophets for us in Babylon but this is what the Lord says about the king who sits on David's throne, Zedekiah or Jehoiachin and all the people who remain in this city. Your fellow citizens who did not go with you into exile, yes, this is what the Lord Almighty says, I will send the sword famine, and plague against them. And I will make them like figs that are so bad they cannot be eaten. I will pursue them with the sword and famine and plague, and will make them abhorrent to all the kingdoms of the earth, a curse and an object of horror, of scorn and reproach among the nations where I drive them, for they have not listened to my words. Declares the Lord, words that I sent them again and again by my servants, the prophets, and you exiles, you have not listened either. The judgment's not yet over. A greater judgment is still to come. And so it was Zedekiah, the puppet king in Jerusalem, decided to rebel against Babylon. Nine years later, after this rebellion, the Babylonians came and they set siege to Jerusalem. And two years after that siege, after a dreadful suffering, they smashed the city completely, plucked out Zedekiah's eyes, and took him to Babylon. A great, great judgment, the great exile. Same, same for us as God's exiles today. God's promises still hold. He will care for His people, He is with us. We are called to wait patiently and do good in the city where we are, to settle down, to enjoy life, even though we're foreigners and aliens, and do good and pray for our enemies. But while we do that we must watch out for false prophets, for those who would tell lies in God's name. And we need to realise that God's judgement has not yet reached its fullness on the wickedness in our world. That a day of reckoning is coming. We still live in a world of sin but God's promises are for his people, those who are with him. Same, same, you see. Similar danger points that we face as to what those exiles faced 2,600 years ago. Watch out, because firstly, there will be false prophets. Did you know that most of Jeremiah 28 and this letter in Jeremiah 29 are all warnings against, primarily warnings against false prophets? Hananiah, the guy before, Ahab, Zedekiah and another guy, Shemaiah, who were in Babylon... They're leading people astray. They're saying what people want to hear but not what God says and it's deadly dangerous and it's deceptive. Secondly, we'll move the slides on, Tony. Secondly, false prophets usually point to false saviours, false messiahs. See, the prophets are saying you need to trust in the son of David. You need to trust in the anointed king. Well, you've got one who's in chains in Babylon and the other one's got strings and is a puppet in Jerusalem. He's working alliances. You may say the Lord has raised up for us prophets in Babylon but this is what the Lord says about the king who sits on David's throne. He's going down. Don't trust in false messiahs. Those kings will not save you. But all this reflects just really the greater danger the root problem of all this, which is the failure to take our sin seriously. I'll click on a couple, Tony. Just a little couple behind there. And one more, beautiful. There's the root problem, a failure to take our sin seriously, to presume upon God, to say, oh, God's with us, God's on our side. All those promises apply to us while we disobey His word while we reject him and rebel against his good purposes, but say, I know, God's on our side, it'll be okay. We don't have to repent. We don't have to turn around and turn back to God. You know, the New Testament constantly warns us of these exact same dangers. The dangers of false prophets pointing to false saviours all of which mean we don't take our sin seriously, that it doesn't really matter. What we need is a word of God that we can trust. We need a saviour who will save. We need someone to deal with our sin and our rebellion. And here is the change agent because here's where we're radically different as exiles. Same, same but radically different. God has sent his change agent to deal with these problems. You need to avoid false prophets. Well, Jesus is the great prophet, priest and king. He is the word of God made flesh. We need to hear him and listen to him and obey him and follow him. The word of God. Saviours, Jesus came to save his people from their sins. He is a risen, conquering Lord who offers us living hope. He is a Saviour who has led the way, and He's done that by taking our sins seriously, by dealing with the root problem. He didn't presume upon God. He gave up his life to deal with our problem. With our problem, he gave his life to deal with our problem because we couldn't fix it on our own any more than Israel could fix their problem on their own. The Saviour came to deal with the root problem. And if we come to him and put our faith in him, he deals with our root problem and he saves us. And he reveals himself to us as God's word, God's true word. And our sin is dealt with, it's put behind us as far as the east is from the west. He is the great change agent. Can you see that our experience as God's exiles today, which we are, is radically different to those of the exiles 2,600 years ago because of Jesus our Saviour and Lord. Same, same, but different. See, our exile is not geographical. It's spiritual. In a sense, it's cosmic. Our Babylon that we live in is this fallen world that you and I get about in every single day. We live in the city of man in rebellion against its creator, against God. And because of this, our home, do you know our home is both now and not yet? It's here in Christ Jesus the risen Lord, in the house of God, as Vic said earlier, waiting for the kingdom's fullness to come, the day that Jesus returns. We're in transit, we're waiting, we're exiles. How long? Here's another difference. How long? 70 years for the exiles in Babylon how long Jesus says no one knows the hour or the time I don't know it's been 2,000 years I'm going to keep waiting patiently but Jesus is faithful to his promises he will come and take us home but you know the greatest difference of this same same but different our sin has been dealt with. fully by Jesus. The, the warnings about failure that Jeremiah has in his letter, this problem of sin that's never ever resolved, even when the exiles go back they keep on sinning in Jerusalem. Jesus has dealt with that. But we couldn't deal with by ourselves that great hymn, It is well with my soul. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole has been nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. It's well with my soul. How different we are as exiles because of Jesus, our great change agent. Therefore, the ongoing threat of judgment that we read here in this letter, this letter that starts so wonderfully positive and finishes so... Ugh, that threat of judgment is gone, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, as Paul says in Romans 8, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. We we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And rather... As now God's exiles, God's exiles were cast from God's presence, cast from God's means of atonement. They were taken away from the temple in Jerusalem and sent a thousand years, thousand kilometres away, away from those symbols of God's presence. You know what our exile is? It's being drawn near to God, it's being filled with his Holy Spirit. It's having a relationship with God of being knowing and being known. How different is that to the exiles of the Old Testament? Yes, we don't belong in this world, but we are with God and God is with us. And we are forgiven and whole and restored. We can draw near to God with confidence, wherever we are, any time of day, through Jesus Christ our Saviour. See, there's a distinction, isn't there, between those exiles and us? Same, same, but different. What can we learn? We're, we're considering this yearly theme that we are God's exiles who are fit for his mission. But you know, that's only partly true because every person on this planet is an exile. Every person you meet, you lay I oh, set eyeballs on, was created for a relationship with God. And they are unique and they are beautiful. And they were created to be at home with God. They were created for shalom, for wholeness, fullness, for peace. The peace of the city, God's city. And the world we live in is like Aleppo. It's a dangerous city. It's a city at war. And we are dangerous people. We are the rebels who cause the fight. We're all outcasts. We all struggle at some level for acceptance and belonging and security and hope. And we pursue this longing in different ways, perhaps at different stages throughout our life. This acceptance, this belonging, this hope, this shalom. And the more we pursue it, the more it seems to elude us. We're all alienated from God. And we spend so much time trying to create our heaven on earth, this earth, this fallen earth, and it keeps snatching heaven away from us. I think of Mariah Carey and James Packer and they were pursuing heaven on earth and they thought they'd grabbed it, these incredibly wealthy, famous people and it seems as though once again their sin has gotten in the way. It's just elusive. We know what we want. We want to love and be loved and belong and be accepted and, and rest and joy. I keep fighting. Because of our sin. Because of our alienation ultimately from God because we don't deal with the root problem and we look to false saviours And listen to false prophets. God is holy and he will not let us stand in his presence unless we too are holy. We looked at that in 1 Peter. Every one of us is in exile. Every one of us is facing punishment for our sin. And we listen to these lies and pursue these false hopes under the power of Satan. But God has not abandoned us. He has provided for our return. He has provided us a way to go home. He has provided us a saviour. A saviour who is the ultimate exile. God himself who left his glory and came into this world. Jesus our saviour. The ultimate exile. Who would call us into his exile. to take us home with you and who will deal with our sin and make us holy so that we can be with God and stand with God so we are all exiles. You've just got to think, what sort of exile am I? Am I an exile going home or am I exile facing punishment and banishment when it's not yet over? Am I exile waiting in this present world age knowing I am going home because Jesus has brought me home? promise, Jesus has done everything I need to go home or am I an exile in this current age who actually fits into this current age and belongs in this current age but the fullness of judgement has not yet come? Lost in my sin, lost in abandonment, empty and hopeless. Could it be true that this could be true for you? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. My prayer is that promise could be spoken over your life and that could be your favourite verse. And it will only happen if you Listen to the true word and trust in the true Saviour so that your rebellion and your sin is truly dealt with. If you come to God's Saviour, his great King, and put your faith and hope in Jesus Christ and let him do for you what you are not able to do for yourself. To save you from your sin and to give you an eternal hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Let me pray. Father God, help us to be exiles, your exiles, who are fit for mission, for your mission. Help us to trust in Jesus in that more than anything. Help us to lean on our Saviour and be saved by your grace, we ask in his name. Amen.